And of course, we're on part two of Brexit. Is this deliverance from the Fourth Reich? Now, the very title of that has caused some stir in places. And I did it on purpose to cause a stir, cause people to think. And we're going to look at it tonight. We're going to look at history. We're going to look at God moving when the people prayed to do with our nation. I ask you to be patient with me because uh, you might think, well, where is this? what has this got to do with the European Union and Brexit and so on? Last time, two, two Sundays ago, I, I, I can't do a recap at all on it. There's a little thing I might mention simply because there's so much of it and I need tonight to be able to bring this. I don't know if you heard, but there was a tragic shooting in Florida this afternoon or yesterday, was in the early hours. Uh, it was a young people in a gay nightclub and somebody's went in and shot 50 of them dead and 50-something are wounded at the minute. Let's just pray for their families at the minute. Father, we, we just bring their families to you. The, the horrific nature and the barbarity of this. And we ask you, Lord, that you would bless these families that are concerned at the loss of their children or whoever they are to them. Lord, may they know your comfort and your blessing at this time. Father, take the wickedness, take the wickedness out of the nations. Oh, God, come soon. Lord, the wickedness prevails no matter what it's from, Father. We ask you, Lord, that you, oh Lord, would Lord, protect our, our people and you protect our kinsfolk and you protect our loved ones and those whom we work with and socialize with, Father. We ask you, Lord, that you would keep your hand upon every one of them. And Lord, would you just bless these families we've mentioned. Let them know your comfort in Jesus' name. Amen. Isaiah 26 and verse 15, please. Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. Thou hast moved it far unto all the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble they have visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Like as a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain, she crieth out in her pangs. So have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child, we have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body, they shall arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Let's pray again. Father, take your word and inscribe it in our hearts and settle us, Lord, in your presence and in our seats. And, Father, we pray that ere this night be over, that your Son would be glorified and we will look for his coming again. So, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, open our hearts that we can't open at times and open our ears to hear, to listen, to understand. 
and glorify your Son. For Jesus' name's sake we pray. Amen. In verse 15, the prophet cries, Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. And when we're looking at the prosperity of Israel here, we're seeing how a nation before God, a nation before God isn't for their glory, but a nation before God that God is blessing is for his glory. It's for his glory alone. And he's saying that you have increased the nation and we can see what God has done in our nation. That he has increased our nation above all or many of the nations and at one time above all the nations of the earth. And he's increased the nation for his own glory. The gospel went forth mainly from these islands from the early days of Reformation onward. Psalm 33 and verse 12 says, Blessed is that nation whose God is the Lord. Or in other words, blessed is that nation whose Elohim is Yahweh or Jehovah. Blessed is the nation whose creator is Yahweh. In other words, who has formed us to be thus. In Proverbs 14 and verse 34 says, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And righteousness as in perfect righteousness can only be found in Christ. His righteousness upon the repentant sinner. But the righteousness here is the nation who upholds the word of God, who lives by the law of God, who stands in the standards of the Bible, and who has preachers throughout the nation who is classed, if you want, as a God-fearing people or as a, a, a Jesus-loving nation, says that nation will be exalted and exalted people. It doesn't mean to say they're saved. It means in the earth among men and women, they will be blessed and exalted. Notice, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Then righteousness exalteth the nation. And if our nation wants to know how to get out of the pit that's found itself in, then one, we have to find ourselves before God in repentance. We have to find ourselves before God at the altar. We have to find ourselves before God, saying how sorry and repentant we are at the things that we have allowed to happen in our nation. The casting out of his word, the turning away from Christ, the desecration of his day, the desecration of his Buildings where the church would meet, the people that are saved would meet. Of the emptiness of the church buildings where now it is the God of this world as well as the God of heaven, depending on who has the sway with us at the time. From government, from monarchy, right down, our nation needs to turn back to her maker. It needs to turn back to God. That's why Britain is in such a terrible state. And when I speak about other nations, it's not that Britain is any more righteous than any other nation. In fact, they're probably worse. Probably more wicked in many ways than other nations. Listen to Isaiah the prophet. Chapter 16, verse 12. For the nation and kingdom that shall not serve thee shall perish. You know why Britain is perishing? Because they were blessed with the gospel. They were blessed with the word of God. They were blessed with the laws of God for the running of the nation. They were blessed with preachers on every corner. They were blessed with great preachers in history. They were blessed with the Reformation, with Puritans, 
with the Reformers. They were blessed with men like Charles Haddon Spurgeon and Joseph Parker, like John Knox in Scotland. They were blessed. They had things that many nations did not have. And now in this Laodicean church age period, the lukewarm church of Jesus Christ, who's neither hot nor refreshingly cold, we find there's Christian churches, well, take it or leave it, and we have become more like the world instead of us going into the world and seeing the world changed, made different because you're different, brothers and sisters. We are seeing the church being made different to become more like the world. So please bear with me. I said, I'm bringing you somewhere. The nation and the kingdom that shall not serve thee shall perish, yea. Those nations shall be utterly wasted. Now, when we start to look at what God had done for these islands of ours, we're going to find, that's including England, all of Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, we're going to find this out, uh, that God has allowed it to shrink our nation, which was a, a great influence around the world because it carried the gospel. I know Britain has done many treacherous and many terrible things, but it also brought many blessings in other ways. And it also brought the word of God. It brought blessings to foreign lands. It brought missionaries to foreign lands. It sent forth probably 90% of the early missionary and gospel endeavors to foreign lands. And of course, then populating the west of, of America and Canada and so on. But listen, those nations shall be utterly wasted. You know why Britain is being wasted? Britain is being wasted because she's turned her back on God. Britain is being wasted because she has turned her back on God. Listen, sadly, tragically, and dangerously, we can say to the United Kingdom tonight, the words of Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse 28, this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished, and is cut off from their mouth. Now, if that's not the British nation that you're living in tonight, if that's not the United Kingdom and Ireland, if this is not all of it together, then we have to look even at Europe and say, where is the truth in the matter? Where is the word of God? Where are those men and women with integrity to talk about the things of Christ? Where is the old stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross? Where are they? For they seem to be so liberalized in their theology and so liberalized in their hearts that God is neither here nor there with them. And as according as the church goes, so goes the nation. Do you know why Britain is in such a state? Because the church did not stand up for Christ. The church is no longer the powerhouse that it was. The church is no longer the salt in the nation. The light to show the way. The church is more like the nation. And unfortunately, it is getting worse by the very day. The Lord increased this little island nation of ours to become a nation and a company of nations or a nation and a commonwealth of nations prophesied in the scriptures. From New Zealand... Australia, right through going west to Canada, the sun never set on the British Empire. The sun came up in the east, it shone on New Zealand. By the time the sun, as we would say, went down in the west, it was still shining on Canada and the United States out that direction, and then, of course, lighting again on New Zealand. It never set on the empire 
that God had blessed this nation with. Luke verse 15 of our reading says, Thou hast increased the nation. O Lord, thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. Thou hast removed it unto all the ends of the earth. So here we can see the blessing of the Lord and now the shrinking of what God has done for us. Isaiah 26 and verse 15 says he's removed it. Here is a picture of the Commonwealth countries from Australia right through to Canada. And of course, we can see from the west coast of America, the sun would be rising in the east again, as it were, as the earth would turn. There are 53 member states, mostly former British colonies of Great Britain. 53 member states in the Commonwealth And Almighty God hasn't surely increased our nation. Notice, as I said at the start, it was for his glory. These are the nations that we can trade with, rather, as well as, I should say, as well as the European Union, as well as the nations outside of the European Union, as well as Africa and the South Americas, as well as India and China and so on. These are the nations of the commonwealth, that if we come out of Europe, we are free to trade with. But while in Europe, we are told how much we can trade, when we can trade, how we can trade. And that's what the European Union is holding us to. If we come out, we have a commonwealth that God has blessed us with, that we are still in very good terms with around the world. When Britain walked with God, when she had great preachers of the word, prophets to the nations, prophets to our nation, leaders in government who would reverence God and his word and his laws, then the righteousness did exalt our nation. Queen Victoria, the height of the empire. Queen Victoria was asked by an Indian prince, what is the secret of England's greatness? Let me just say that we would say, what is the secret of Britain's greatness or United Kingdom's greatness or whatever? What is the secret of England's greatness. Queen Victoria, here's a picture, a painting someone has done of it. Queen Victoria hands him the word of God, a Bible. And she says, this is the secret of England's greatness. Brothers and sisters, look at this picture because if our monarch was to go around our commonwealth and around the nations of the world and say, this is the secret of England, Britain's greatness, then this nation would be exalted among the nations again. And God would indeed bless us. The Queen Elizabeth II was crowned in 1953. She was presented with a Bible by the Archbishop of Canterbury. Listen, I'm going to quote a lot tonight. Listen to this. He says, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing the world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God. Now, that's when she was being coronated and crowned on the throne. That's Edward's throne with Jacob's pillar stone and below her feet. And there's another story behind that I'll have to tell you some other time. Notice this. The Bible, again, is central to the monarchy. The Bible is central to government. And the Bible should be central in our lives. Listen to Lord Northampton handing a copy of the King James Bible to King George V in 1911. We pray that from these same Holy Scriptures, 
your majesty may derive comfort and counsel in the perplexing problems that devolve upon one placed in the providence of God in so exalted a position. We pray also that your majesty's subjects may continue to read this book until its spirit and teaching are vitalized in personal character and in domestic relationships and so enter every sphere of corporate life, business, professional, social, political, national, and imperial life. God save the king. That's what they said. In other words, here is the word of God. King James, the v- George V, here's a King James copy of the word of God. He says, may it be your comfort as you, as, you, uh, as you rule over us, but may it be a guide for all of our nation in every sphere of our nation, whether it be social, political, corporate, business, national and imperial around the very com- the commonwealth of Great Britain. How far have we fallen, brothers and sisters? How far have we fallen away from God? Again, Queen Elizabeth II, listen to what this She says, to what greater inspiration and counsel can we turn than to the imperishable imperishable truth to be found in this treasure house? And she held the Bible, says the Bible. That's what our queen, our present queen says. And here is a picture that we have put up just for you to look at. Again, the queen's father, King George VI, the 15th of September, 1939, listen. He says, to all serving in my forces, by sea or land or in the air, and indeed to all my people engaged in the defense of the realm, I commend the reading of this book. For centuries the Bible has been a wholesome and strengthening influence in our national life. And it behooves us in these momentous days to turn with renewed faith to this divine source of comfort and inspiration. So we want to see how Britain can be great again. Britain can be great again when they turn to this. When they turn to this. On the 15th of May, 2016, The Telegraph reported Boris Johnson, the former Lord Lord Mayor of London. And he is quoted as saying, and it caused a a great stir, and I sort of got the title for my message out of this. Listen to this. He says, the EU is pursuing a similar goal to Hitler in trying to create a powerful super state. He further states, the past 2,000 years of European history have been characterized by repeated attempts to unify Europe under a single government in order to recover the contents lost in the golden age under the Romans. Napoleon, Hitler, various people tried this out. And it ends tragically, he says, the European Union is an attempt to do this by different methods. Now that was Boris Johnson said that just last month. So Brexit is this deliverance from the fourth Reich. That's where I got it from. So Brexit is this deliverance 
from the fourth rank. That's my introduction to where we're looking at tonight. We want to look at how God would have us to be separate from Europe. That doesn't mean to say we are anti-European people. By no means. It means we are the anti-system of Europe. It means we're against the system of Europe. We are protesting against the system of Europe because we looked at it, the spirit behind it, and all the things that are entailed in it. Listen, let's go to the, the, the part one of the, of the four ranks. The first rank we want to look at. We looked at Daniel chapter two uh, in our part one, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And if you remember, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he sees this image with a head of gold and his chest and, and, and arms of silver and his belly of brass and his legs of iron and then goes down to feet of iron and clay. And we looked at that at how these are the empire kingdoms that were come. He says to Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, thou art this head of gold. So Nebuchadnezzar's the head of gold. The next kingdom that comes, you'll read about it in Daniel chapter 5. Belshazzar's feast when Darius comes and the handwriting is on the wall. Mini, mini, tikelia farce and your kingdom has been numbered and wed and the balance is all right, found wanting and so on. And that's when the silver kingdom comes in. And then we talked about that. And then there is the bronze kingdom when after that came along Alexander the Great and he conquered. And then after that came the Caesars of Rome and they conquered and they're there at the time of our Lord. And then they're there at the time of the, the, the writing of the Gospels and the book of Acts and so on. And then those iron, the, the iron legs are the Roman, as I said, it's the Roman kingdom, and they go into the feet. And as I said, if you lay this man down, if you can imagine geographically, over where his head would be at Babylon, then coming into Assyria, and then you go over to the, to the bronze of Greece, and then you go on into the legs of iron where Italy would be today, the feet would go on out to where Europe is, and there were 10 uh, peoples that arose up there, the Goths, the Visigoths, the Ostrogoths, the Hurley, the Vandals, the Huns, and the Alans, and so on. There's about seven or eight of them off the top of my head. And they arose up, and they attacked the Roman Empire, the pagan Roman Empire. It had a deadly wound, and after it had a deadly wound, and the head came up again, another head rose up, and he was resurrected, as it were. It was healed again. And, of course, Papal Rome came out of this with Christianity being mixed with paganism. We looked at all of that two weeks ago. We can't go any further with it. But notice, the ten toes where the ten peoples were is where in Europe would be today, mostly where Europe would be today. I want to look at how the Lord has kept us as a nation, as an island nation. Do you know from 1066 at the Battle of Hastings when William the Conqueror came and he won the battle at the Battle of Hastings and he became the King of England do you realize from 1066, except for Jersey and Guernsey, that are very close to France, not one part of the British Isles has been under occupation or been recaptured from 1066, for God had a plan and a purpose. And the gospel would come, and the gospel would come here and be spread around the world. But you've got to notice this. Now, I notice this. First of all, I want to look at some of the times and what happened when God kept us separate. And I'm going to bring us right up to the fourth Reich. Is it the fourth Reich today? The word Reich simply means realm, empire, kingdom. Realm, empire, kingdom. We spoke of how Pope Leo III crowned Charlemagne, the king of the Franks. And of course, that would be where mostly where France would be today. 
and then it went into, we didn't speak of this, we will, the moment of, of Otto was then crowned as the Holy Roman Emperor. He was the official one in Germany. And this bond came together with them. We're told how on Christmas Day, 800 AD, Charlemagne was crowned King of the Franks, and he became known Holy Roman Emperor, and this is where the lineage, lineage started to come from. We want to look also at how the first rite continued right up to around 1806, because that is when Napoleon uh, Bonaparte then, that was the end of Napoleon Bonaparte. He actually went into, pardon me, he went into the Vatican and sacked the Vatican. He threw the Pope out of the Vatican and then allowed him the one mile square of the Vatican that we have today. In there, he, he went into their vaults and he found all manner of things like he, he, he found the Wolndesir maps, which were before Christopher Columbus, who founded America. Well, these Wolndesir maps were, were drawn up of America before Christopher Columbus founded America. That's another story. I'll tell you about that some other time. And he found all of these, and these only come out at this time. So about 1806 was the time of Napoleon Bonaparte. We want to look at just one or two of them in the first rank, 1588. If you want to re- write it down, you can go and check me out on this. In 1588, the Spanish Armada sailed to conquer what was then known as Mary's Diary, still is actually, or Protestant England from Elizabeth I, to return it to Europe as Mary's Diary. The 21st of July they saw in the distance the gatherings of the fleets. It took a few days to gather and and actually come over and little ships went to try and stop them. But now listen, on the 21st of July, beacons were lit across England and then the church bells started to ring and people, the whole population gathered together and services were held in prayer and seeking God's face for protection that God would protect them from the invading army of Philip II of Spain, for they knew serious, the seriousness of the day. While the people sought God in prayer, and the, and the outgunned then Royal Navy fought, it was like a David and Goliath battle that had happened. The winds gathered up. A storm came, devastated the Spanish Armada, blew it right around the United Kingdom or the, the, island, the British Isles. Uh, and many of them uh, perished there. And there were very few made at home. Now here's something I want you to see. At the time, there was a medal struck up and coins were also struck up. And there's one that says, he blew with his winds and they were scattered. Number nine on the picture, please. He blew with his winds and they were scattered. I don't know if you can see this or not. Here we have the ship's and God blowing from the heavens. Queen Elizabeth I has reported that she went and she gave, a, as it were, an encouraging talk as a soldier in the ranks of the army with Bible in her hands, prophesying oh, and preaching and praying over the English Channel. And the wind started to come as the people started to seek the face of God. And God kept them from the first reich the first strike of being joined and unified in a European Union of the day. Here's an actual, this is one of the real coins that were blew up. And it says on it, he blew with his winds and they were scattered and the words around it. And on the backside of it also, it also tells us that the words around it are also speaking of Yahweh. Look, 15, 88. 15, 88. 
There was another medal because the only other person that was along with Britain at this or pardon me, nation along with Britain at this time were the Dutch. And the Dutch also praised God for this victory. And the Dutch also struck up a medal or a coin. And this is it. The next one, please, number 12, 11, pardon me, 11. You see the church? And the church is on rocks and the winds are blowing and here the waves are coming around it. And this is what it's meant to mean. The church of Christ is founded on the rock and the winds come and the rains blow and they cannot be pulled down. The words around it says, homo proponent edus deponent. And it means man proposes, God disposes. Man proposes, God disposes. So Philip II, he had struck up a medal before this, conquering all over Europe, bringing it in to a unified people Europe. Now you notice this. Church founded on a rock was for the Dutch. God praised by the British or the English at the time. Philip II had one, and it's number 12, please, if you'll put it up. Notice this globe. You notice the globe. And around it there, you'll see writing, non-sufficient or sufficient orbis. Non-sufficient orbis. Do you know what that means? The world is not enough. The world is not enough. In other words, he wanted, and you can read the papal bulls on this, in other words, they were orders and direct orders, especially for the Newfoundlands of the West under the Waldesir map that they had found and said Christopher Columbus had founded the land there whenever it wasn't Christopher Columbus. He, he, he actually, was, he was shipwrecked at, and there was a Santa Maria and a few other ships there and he was shipwrecked and had to hitchhike back and get a lift home again. And there was another man that went there. I can't go into that tonight. But they struck up this medal, and the Pope at the time says, anyone going across, and they give a latitude from north to south, which goes right across the Atlantic, down the Atlantic Ocean, and anyone going to the west, to the west, he said, anyone going to the west past this, they're worthy of death. And this, this uh, colony went from Britain, and uh, they had the map, and they had the map, and as they went, they were actually going way before the Puritans went. They were going to found a land for the gospel. And the uh, the, the, the Philip II sent his conquistadors over and they, they, they slaughtered them all. Five ships, they slaughtered them all. And the only reason they found it was because later in years, whenever Napoleon Bonaparte went into the Vatican vaults, they found all of their equipment and all their stuff. So we can see in all of this, brothers and sisters, there's a battle going on. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And there's wickedness in high places, even in the European Union uh, today. Non-sufficient orbis, and it means the world is not enough. You know what the Lord Jesus says? What shall a profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And here they are striving for the whole world. Secondly, another one quickly in the first right. In other words, the first empire trying to draw Britain into a united European Union. Lord Admiral Horatio Nelson, you'll see Nelson's column in London there. He prayed before the deciding battle of Trafalgar. This is an actual poster from the time. And he prayed, listen to his prayer. May the great God whom I worship grant to my country and for the benefit of Europe, notice that, and for the benefit of Europe in general, a great and glorious victory. And may no misconduct in anyone tarnish it 
and may humanity after victory be predominant feature in the British fleet. For myself individually, I commit my life to him who made me and may his blessing light upon my endeavors for serving my country faithfully. To him, I resign myself and the just cause which is entrusted to me to defend. Amen, amen, and amen. He finishes his written prayer with before Trafalgar. These men knew the word of God. These men knew there was a destiny in God, and Horatio Nelson was no different, and we know what happened at the Battle of Trafalgar. Again, there was a great victory. Right, let's move to the Second Reich. The Kaiser and the central powers of Europe. The Kaiser and the central powers of Europe. World War I, in other words. It ensued in this, we know, there were the central powers were Germany, Austria, uh, Italy, uh, and a few of the, the, the Balkan nations would join in also. But listen to this. There was a time when there's a story of the Angel of Mons. And this is a supernatural part where many people don't want to hear it, but it's documented. It's the angel of Mons. Do you remember in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 17, it says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. Remember the young servant, and the Syrians are all around him, and he's afraid, and Elijah's praying, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw and beheld, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Do you remember that in Scripture? And this young man's so frightened, and he says, Lord, will you let him see? Do you know what my prayer is for Great Britain? Do you know what my prayer is for this referendum? Lord, will you open their eyes and let them see? There'll be more and be for us and be against us. For God is for us and nothing shall be against us. Isaac Watts wrote that wonderful portion of him, Oh God, our help in ages past our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. Listen, brothers and sisters, you are noticing here that people are called to pray, to pray, to pray. Can I ask you, have you prayed about the referendum? And not are you in or out. I don't need to pray about it. The Bible says, come out. I'm going out. I'm praying that we will all come out. We'll all come out and give glory to God for what he will do in our lands. Second Chronicles 7, 14, we all know it well. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. Do you know something? It's not only just let's all hear the Bible. Let's just hear a word of prophecy. Let's hear what God has done. It's turning from your sin. It's humbling yourself before God. It's getting on your knees and it's time for us to cry unto him and say, Lord, our nation is in a terrible way. Lord, if you move in power, you can save them. And Lord, our whole nation will be turned around to you again. Brothers and sisters, we have a, a mighty responsibility with this gospel that we have. You have as an individual Christian. The angel of bonds in World War I there was a smaller, weaker, outmanned and outgunned British expeditionary force. And this was an important part of the Western Front battles. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they were faced with a strong, well-armed, well-equipped German army. Serious defeat and tremendous losses seemed inevitable. And they were pinned down, doomed to, doomed, uh, for, to, to death, and they would never be able to escape. 
This British force of troops tried to retreat. They tried to get out of the road, but to no avail. They couldn't escape. But something happened which can only be put down by both British and German forces as supernatural. I believe God is supernatural. But do you know the supernatural to you is only natural to God? Our God is a supernatural, wonder-working God. The mighty German advance was stopped. What happened? Now listen, these are actual writings. I'm quoting. Excuse my voice. Captain Cecil Reitwick Howard, staff officer of the First Corps Intelligence, British Army Headquarters, He says, churches were crowded with the whole of the British nation in prayer. Now listen, this is his words. Wonderful beings, much bigger than men appeared, robed in white between the British and the Germans, with their backs to the British, facing the Germans with their hands stretched out as if to say, thus far and no further. And this gave the smaller retreating British expeditionary force the time to escape, and it changed the matters of the war. Here's another one, the White Cavalry. Spring 1918, Bethune. We know it's coming around the time of the psalm and the remembrance of the psalm. This is Bethune. Again, the the German army broke through the Allied line and heavy casualties were sustained. Documented in the Household Brigade magazine, winter 1942. During heavy fire and artillery shelling, the ground was absolutely bare. Suddenly, as it started, the enemy's fire ceased, and in the complete silence there rose a lark's thrilling song of thankfulness. The dense line of German troops which had started to move forward to victory in mass formation halted dead. And as the British watched, they saw it break. The Germans threw down everything they had and fled in frantic panic. What happened? What happened? Do you know what I like about this? It wasn't that God came and stood with his back to the British and slaughtered the Germans. Do you know what I like? He just stopped. It was full of peace. That's what I like about this. It's for peace. What happened? Well, a German officer, when captured, was asked why they ran away. They're far stronger. They're far bigger. They're out, out gunning the British. Said, what has happened? Why did they just run away? They just dropped their tools and ran. Dropped their guns, dropped their weapons. Now listen, I'll quote him. Fritz, my lieutenant here, said, her captain, just look at the open ground behind Bethune. There is a brigade of cavalry coming up through the smoke, drifting across it. They must be mad, these English, to advance against such a force as ours in the open. I suppose they must be cavalry of one of their colonial forces for sea, They are all in white uniform and are mounted on white horses. They come within firing range and 
all the shells exploding around them had no effect. Then as they got closer, heavy machine gun fire, but not one man fell off his horse. Still quoting, steadily they advanced, clearing the shining sunlight, in the sun, shining sunlight, and a few places in front of them, the road, their leader, a fine figure of a man whose hair like spun gold in an aura round about his head. What happened? God sent forth the angelic army. They trained their guns on them, thinking they're colonial forces, and the more they blasted at them, this one with gold spun hair and this aura around him, or in other words, this anointing upon him. The more they fired at him, they just kept riding through it. They dropped everything in fear and gone. That's their word. It's their words. August 1918. Britain was weak and at a low ebb. The morale of the British people was very low and dark. August the 4th, 1918. The fourth anniversary of Britain's declaration of war against Germany. Special services of intercession and thanksgiving were held all over the country by King George V. If you'd just turn with me, please, to the, to the day of victory. It's number 15 and then number 16. This is Armistice Day, which would lead to. Now stay there for me, please. King George VI, with both houses of parliament, at St. Margaret's in Westminster, this led to the most miraculous result. Within three months, the war had turned and stalemate was broken. British morale had swollen and a miraculous advancement was made. Now listen to the times. Listen to the times, August the 10th and again on August the 31st, they wrote, and their captions were as a headline, Accelerated German Retreat. It says, on the orders of Sir Douglas Haig, the Allies were to advance. The weather suddenly changed. A thick mist covered them. No offense which the British army had participated has ever made so much progress in its opening day. What happened? They called for a national day of prayer. The people got on their knees. They filled the churches. And God turned the whole war. And he stopped the first, the second Reich. He brought us and kept us out of Europe. He kept us out of Europe during Napoleon's death. He kept us out of Europe from Philip II, King Louis Fourteenth. He kept us out of, out of Europe through all of those advances and more. Kept us out of Europe in the Second World War, First World War, and now we're going to look at he keeps us out of Europe in the Second World War. The 11th day, the 11th month, the 11th hour was Armistice Day. Number 11. It's one more than 10 and one less than 12. That was a big hard sum, wasn't it? The number 11 in Scripture gives the idea one more than 10. 10 is the number of God's divine perfect order. 10 commandments. 11 is one added to the commandment of God, taking or adding away to the word. 11 gives the idea of rebellion. 11 gives the idea of, of outside of God's word. It is one less than 12. 12 is the number of God's divine government. 12 apostles of the Lamb and so on. 12 tribes of Israel. 12 is the number of God's uh, 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 divine government. 
It's one less. It's one less than divine government. So it's right in the middle of the 11th of the 11th of the 11th. Listen, you're going to look at the Twin Towers that were number 11. And this is, going, this is Babylon around the world. I showed you last week. And the planes, there's one of the planes had 11 passengers. New York City, Afghanistan, all that up to 11 letters each. Notice this. Commonwealth Day of Prayer. Dunkirk. The request of King George VI, that's the Queen's father. He requested a national day of prayer that the British peoples would go and pray for those who were stranded on the beaches. And this is his words, that to pray and to commit their cause to God. To commit their cause to God. Put number 16 on for me, please. This is a picture Look, I could go through pictures all day. These are just some I've picked out. It's took a long time to try and research this, but this is a picture of the people going to pray. This is what we should be doing. This is what we should be doing. Prayer meeting is the poor house of the of the assembly. Yet it's the fire it's the firehouse. It's the boiler house. To commit their cause to God. 335,000 men had been, had been carried out of the, sorry, had been carried out of the jaws of death and back to their native land of Britain. What happened? Again, a great miracle happened. Whenever the people went to pray, the winds were blowing, the sea was rough. And they thought, maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll rescue maybe 40,000 of them. Think of the casualties. Think of the deaths that were going to happen. 330,000 men trapped along the beaches with the Nazi advancement, ready to send off the Luftwaffe. The, 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 send up the planes, just drop them like sitting ducks. They would just slay them and massacre them. They had the sea to the back of them. They had German advancement to the four of them. And they had a storm all around them. And they didn't know what they were doing. So King George VI says, everyone, get the prayer. Pray, my people. Commit your cause to God. What happened? There was a, a calm came right across the English Channel. A calm came right across the English Channel so that even the smallest of fishing vessels and flotillas, there's a flotilla here somewhere, I think we have a picture, could be dragged over to fill it with troops to bring them back. There's one of the flotillas going. Look at the calm it's went from rough seas. And between the, the German Luftwaffe getting ready to take off and the people on the beaches here, there came a big storm, a great storm, right up through the land, right through them. And the Luftwaffe couldn't take off. Do you know what this reminds me of? Israel at the Red Sea. And the Egyptians are coming behind them. And they're in fear with the Red Sea before them. And the Lord says, tell the people to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. This is what our God can do. 
God was keeping us from a European Union, a united Europe. Notice this. Listen to the Daily Telegraph, the 8th of June, 1940. It says that the prayers of the nation were answered and that the God of hosts... Imagine a newspaper writing that today. You know what they say? Wasn't it just lucky the weather changed? That the prayers of the nation were answered and that the God of hosts himself supported the valiant men of the British expeditionary forces. Listen to King George VI who called before the National Day of Prayer. And this is, he writes it in 1946, in the 6th of June. I desire solemnly to call my people to prayer and dedication. We are not unmindful of our own shortcomings, past and present. We shall not ask that God may do or will, but that we may be able to do the will of God. And we dare to believe that God has used our nation and empire as an instrument for fulfilling his high purpose. He said, Lord, what are we to do? Get the prayer. I think I quoted 40, I think it's 46, the last one, by the way. Brothers and sisters, listen to Jeremiah 51 and 1. I told you, this is Babylon coming from Babylon, from Nimrod, the anti-God and anti-Christ in Genesis chapter 10 and 11. And then we find him as the head of gold, remember, in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and then the silver, the brass, the iron, the iron, the clay, and then the nation comes in a deadly wound, and then the people nation comes, and then it comes into the Holy Roman Empire. And this is where this is coming from. This is the spirit behind it. And birthed from the mysteries of Babylon, we also have moon goddess, a moon god worship, where we find that Allah comes from, and Semiramis, Nimrod's wife, is worshipped as the moon goddess and the star of the heaven. Listen, brothers and sisters, this is what we are seeing now coming across our nation. This is what we are seeing coming across Europe, and they want us to stay in it. Listen to Jeremiah 51 and 1. This saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up against Babylon and against them that dwell in the midst of them that rise up against me at the storing wind. Babylon's going to fall. Europe is Babylon. The world system of monetary system, the world system of religions is all mystery. Babylon, the great, the whole way through it, and it's going to fall. But if we're in Europe, we're speaking of Europe, the little part that we're involved with at the moment, if we don't get out of it, we will fall with it. But if we turn to the living God, we will be exalted as a people. If we trust God and say, God, you will meet, look, it's in our personal lives, you say, God will meet the need, and he does. He never fails us. He never lets us down. Then why as a nation do we even think he won't do it now? We need to say, Lord, we're coming out and trusting in your word. Uh, because Revelation 18 and 4 says what? Come out of her, my people. Come out of her. Now notice this. He says that he'll send a destroying wind to Babylon. False religion, finance, political. Jeremiah 51 and 20 says, Thou art my battle axe and weapons of war. For with thee will I break in pieces the nations. With thee will I destroy kingdoms. And God has used our nation for mighty things, especially to send forth the gospel. The Third Reich ends September the 2nd, 1945, at the end of the Second World War. The Fourth Reich, 
Europe may be German-dominated German at the moment with Angela Merkel and so on, but Europe has become a socialist, Marxist, liberalist, which is a new word for communist uh, identity or entity. I have seen, I, I, I have a post here of, of Europe, and if you put on number eight, please, for me. I have a post of it, and it just speaks of communism through and through. Even in the Roman Catholic Church, through all the false religions, communism is rife. The, green, the Greens are communist. Socialism. It's communist at the core of it. Look, look at this. The founder of the Illuminati, Adam Weishaupt, the great strength of our order lies in the concealment set. It never appears in any place in its own image, but always conceived by another name and another occupation. That's the Illuminati. In other words, we'll not let them know what it is, and we'll take them again another way. That's what we're up against. Notice this. We are on our way to World War III, whether we're in Europe or not. I have to tell you that. Ezekiel chapter 38 will tell you that. I have taught on that. There's some of it's online at the moment on YouTube. You can get it. There's two parts of it. Um, uh, but I, I can't go into that. But there's Ezekiel 38 talks of Gog and Magog, Meshach and Tubal. If I speak on that again someday, we'll just come out and hear it. Okay. I'll do it some other night because I haven't time tonight. Gog, Magog, Meshach and Tubal will come against the land of Israel. And then they have Persia who will come with them, which is Iran and Iraq and those nations we're hearing of tonight, today. And then there will be those who will also come to Garma. And the house of the Garma uh, 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 is Turkey and all of those Turkish, those Stan nations, Turkestan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan and all, Afghanistan, all those Stan Turkeys. Today, all those peoples, those Turkoloid peoples or Turkomoid, whatever it is, peoples. And they're going to come as well. North African uh, Islamic people will come. And then we'll have Britain and America, the merchants of Tarshish, so this great naval fleet, and merchants of Tarshish and all the young lands shall say, aren't I come to take a spoil? And we will be brought into a third world war. Russia is coming down to Ukraine. And, you, they're, they're, and they're looking for, Ukraine is looking towards the European Union. European Union want Ukraine into the European Union. But if they do, there'll be a war. Do you know why they want them in? Because if they get them in, they'll be able to encroach further into Russia. And if they encroach further into Russia, they'll be able to order the pipelines that come through. It's all about money. It's the elite of Europe. It's not the people. This isn't about the people of Europe. It's the elite. Now listen, we're almost finished. Listen to this. There's a man called David Rockefeller. Did you ever hear somebody say, who do you think you are, Rockefeller? <laughs> well, there's a real family called that. That's because they're very rich. Pick 18, please. Number 18. David Rockefeller says, and he's with one of these uh, elite groups as well. We have the Bilderbergers and the Rothschilds. We have the Rockefellers. We have Goldman Sachs. You hear about those, the Lehman Brothers. There's about 300 families around the world control the world. 
because they're so rich. And the governments, they borrow off them. And so what they do is they organize wars to happen because if they organize great events and wars to happen, then one people are needing to borrow money to fund their war. Another group of people are needing money to fund their war. And they sit back and they rub their hands and they become ultra rich. For example, uh, the Rothschilds are worth something like 500 trillion. Listen to David Rappefeller. All we need is the right major crisis and the world will accept a new world order. So, Mr. Rockefeller, do you mean a new world crisis? Uh, do you mean a world, new world crisis like this? Number 19, please. You're going to say, well, what on earth is that? That's the first reg. Uh, this is Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Now, you say Franz Ferdinand now, and the young people think it's a pop group. This is Archduke Franz Ferdinand and his wife, Sophia. They were, uh, they were shot and killed in Sarajevo, where Bosnia would be today, in Sarajevo. And this, is what, this was the spark, the major crisis that sparked off World War I. Because of the central powers of the Kaiser, they moved down then into the area. They moved down to, to start a war with them. Uh, Britain had promised that they would always back up the, the Bosnian-Serbian uh, that were there at the time. So they came down against the Kaiser. Then Russia got involved, and that's how it happened. One shooting. A major crisis. He was going to be, he was next on the line for the throne of Austria at the time. This is the central powers, you see. So, Mr. Rockefeller, do you mean whenever this happened? Because these things are all, go way back. It's not just now today. Do you mean like this? Or what about the next picture? What about this? Pearl Harbor. Do you know that Winston Churchill has said that he knew about Pearl Harbor before it happened and he didn't tell the Americans? You know why? To bring them into the war because we needed them. Do you mean I've seen it like this? Or what about the next one? We've already seen it. Do you mean like this, Mr. Rockefeller? If we need something like this to happen and people will believe the new world order, they'll accept it, you know why? Well, it's for our security and, and it's for our peace and so we're willing to give anything as long as we're okay. We'll give our very soul. Do you mean like this, Mr. Rockefeller? Number 22, please. Now, you may not be able to read that, but you know, hopefully you read it when we get it on DVD. This is Assad's troops backed by Iranian, Hezbollah, and the militias. Notice them here. It's their flags with Russia. They are supporting them. And then on this side, notice it's all proxy. These people in the Middle East are being slaughtered, and they're slaughtering one another. And you know what they're doing? They're fighting a proxy war for the West and for the rich elite of Europe. For the rich elite of the bankers. The Jewish bankers too. Look. There's the Kurds. Army of Islam, the Free Syrian Army, Al-Qaeda. Oh, look, there's Great Britain and Turkey and all the other countries. Do you mean like this, Mr. Rockefeller? Is this what we need? Something like this? And people will accept the new world order? Oh, anything to stop all this here, all these Muslims coming over here. Listen, do you mean something that, that ends up looking like this, Mr. Rockefeller? Put the next one up. Look, talk about, look, there's Iraq before and after. Libya before and after. Look, Yemen before and after, Syria before and after. 
destroy the place. Do you know before these wars, there were seven nations that didn't have a centralized bank? Seven of them, and they're all here. They weren't run by the rich elite bankers. You know why? Because they had their, their own way of monetary system. They're mostly Islamic people. Look. So then it leads to this. There's the invasion of Europe. There's the new invasion of Europe. That's a picture of 2015, them starting to come into Europe. Do you know why? Because they want us to come in because the, the, the new world order, uh, their, their, their motto means order out of chaos. The more chaos they can throw at us, it frightens the people, it scares the people. Don't go out of the European Union because if you go out of the European Union, we're going to sink, we're, going to, we're, we're, we're not going to be able to cope, we're going to be losing all these jobs. Listen, brothers and sisters, we need to trust in God. Leads to that, which leads to this. The next one, please. That is in Britain, by the way. That's in England. There are legitimate people who need help from these countries. And I would prefer to see them helped where they need help out there. But this should not be in our country. This should not be in our nation. This is to water down every ounce of your Christian identity. So, listen to Mr. Cameron. There was a man called George Soros. Who's heard of George Soros? He's another one of them. George Soros, listen to what he said. Now, he said this last year. The European Union is orchestrating Muslim invasion of Europe. He spoke again of, his, of the plan for world government and the elimination of the nations through invasion. George Soros. So now let's look at Mr. Cameron here. Britain should try, he says, to persuade other, nation, other nations to back Turkey's EU membership attempt. He said, I will remain your greatest advocate, advocate for European Union membership and for greater influence at the top table of European diplomacy. Now, that's the same Mr. Cameron who said, no, 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 Europe, no, Turkey won't become that. He said it to the Prime Minister of Turkey. And he said it, I'll be your advocate to be at the top table. That's his words. Notice this. It's not enough for a party like the Conservative Party to say, come on in, if all you see is a sea of white Christian faces. We need many more Muslim men and women at the top of British businesses, many more Muslim soldiers at the highest level of command, and of course, more Muslims in our parliament, Muslims across government and positions of leadership and authority. In other words, your white Christian faces are wanted. And that's the man who says, stay. There's another one here. It is the mainstream Britain which needs to integrate more with the Muslim way of life, not the other way around. Prime Minister of Great Britain. Shame on him. Shame on you. So, what about this 
it doesn't really seem to go. What about the, the Catholic Church and the Catholicized Europe and all that sort of stuff? Well, uh, let me just jump for you to number 31, please. There we go. Another problem. Pope Francis, Turkey's president, Erdogan, and he said to him, the Quran is a prophetic book of peace. Number 32, please. Francis, Pope Francis and Mahmet Gomez, Turkey's religious affairs director. Listen to this. The Irish News, getting closer to home here. The Irish News, the 9th of June 2016, a matter of days ago, the Irish Catholic Bishops' Conference. They elaborated on how the European Union relates to Catholic teaching citing Pope Francis' recent praise for the European Union's founding fathers, who the pontiff said dare to seek multilateral solutions to increasing shared problems. They also went on to point out the links between the core values of the Catholic socialist teaching and the founding vision of the European Union. A few days ago, Barack Obama comes and tells us to stay in. Do you know why? Because he's one of their puppets too. That's why. The fourth right is a Marxist, socialist, communist, Romanist right. If we stay and remain, the Lord says, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, that you receive not of her plagues. We will go into a one world government, one world monetary system. One word, religious system. Put on 33 for me, please. I'm going to shock some of you. Look, former Israeli president proposes Pope to head the UN for, for religions. This is the Jews, and I want them to be the head. Former president Shimon Perez met with the Pope at the Vatican and proposed that the Pope head up for a United Nations for religions. One word, religious order. Christ is the head, not the Pope. Christ is the head, not the Queen. Christ is the head. Thank you for your attention. I am closing. Isaiah 26 and verse 20, the Lord says in our reading, Come, my people, enter thy into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall discover her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Put up number 34 for me before we close here. I have a couple to show you. Look, Pope Francis, Quran and the Holy Bible are the same. 24th of July, 2015. Now, I didn't say that. Jesus Christ, Muhammad, Jehovah, Allah are all God regardless of the name we choose to address him by. We can accomplish miraculous things in the world by merging our faiths, and the time for such a movement is now. No longer shall we slaughter our neighbors over differences in reference to their God. The coming one-word religion, Pope's push for religious unity. I didn't say that. 
The Lord says in Revelation 18 and 4, come out. Then he says, come in. In other words, you want to have our closed borders. We don't need borders closed. We want to have a, 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 a good system for immigration. It's not about hating people. It's about having a right system for immigration, control system. We need to come in. We need to pray. We need to seek the face of God. We need to stand strong. And you need to vote leave. Is this deliverance from the fourth right? Look at number 35 in the picture, please. Amir Amshel Rothschild, one of the Jewish bankers. Now listen to this. Developing circumstances soon allowed the Rothschilds to formulate a plan which would guarantee them the financial control of Europe. And soon the word, the word Am, Amshel Mayor Rothschild said, notice, permit me to issue and control the money of a nation, and I care not who makes its laws. In other words, he says, if I control the money, if you want to borrow of our family, then we really rule the world. You can make all the laws you want, but we own you. Do you? Here's the prayer we close with. May the great God whom I worship grant to my country for the benefit of Europe a great and glorious victory. God is sending his son. Christ is coming. The days are upon us. Are you saved? Only the saved will be in the kingdom. When I'm talking about the righteousness of a nation, I am not talking about our human righteousness or our good doings. I'm speaking about the righteousness of Christ for the individual, but the nation to walk uprightly before God in his laws and commandments. So there's the fourth rank. Will Britain use us? Do you know recently it's come out now, and I don't know if it's true, but it's come out in, in recent reports that, if, that France is talking about leaving. Holland are now looking to leave. Do you remember we saying the other week, we want to see Israel marching, we want to hear the trumpet call, we want to see Zion's mountain, we want to see great Babylon fall, we want to see Jesus reigning on King David's royal throne. Won't that be a glorious sight to see when Israel comes marching home? Do you remember we saying that? Well, they're already starting to fall like dominoes. You know, 83% of Germans now say that they need Britain to stay in the European Union and they're pleading with us. You know why? Because we're keeping them afloat. We're not going to sink. We're not going to sink. We're, going to keep, we're keeping them all afloat. Come ye out from among them and be separate. God bless his word to all of our hearts.